So uh, had to go to a local hospital to get some uh, pre-surgical stuff done, and uh, it's kind of funny. I'm wearing one of those N95 masks. They made me take off the N95 mask and put on one of their inferior masks. It was just so absurdly ridiculous. Uh, joining us right now on News Radio 930 WBEN, uh, the man who kept us all up to date with the ice storm that uh, did, in fact, materialize, and that is uh, meteorologist extraordinaire Andy Parker. Andy, hello, how are you? Hey, Tom, I'm doing good, kind of chipping out from the ice storm like everybody else. Yeah, I know it's illegal, but I let the car run for a while today to make getting the ice off easier. But um, we would say, uh, being in the poor part of Williamsville, the village, um, I would say a good quarter of an inch of ice on that car. Yeah, that was kind of, you were in the sweet spot there, the ice zone, if you will. And we were looking at this, and it was going to be an arch that ran from southern Ontario, and it was going to cut through uh, the escarpment of Niagara County and then southward down to about the airport. That was where we kind of had it pegged as the center line. What happened is it slid about five miles south of that. So that saved some of the folks in central Niagara County. They ended up with a lot of sleet, all those little pellets, and then that liquid, that freezing rain, the liquid ice, if you will, ended up going from around Williamsville at the north down to around Lackawanna, West Seneca, and even the northern end of Orchard Park. And that's where that swat, the airport was right in there, a half inch of ice at Buffalo International. Yeah, that's not too far from where I am. I didn't quite get the half uh, half an inch, but it was uh, all you need is a hundredth of an inch of ice to really wreck your day. And noticed uh, stepping outside for the first time this morning, my goodness, not only was it slippery on, uh, on top, Andy, but it was slippery underneath the coating of about eh, maybe an inch and a half of snow. Yeah, what happened was a lot of folks only got that maybe an inch of snow, maybe a little bit more, and then when the rain came down, the rain came down at such a rate, the freezing rain, that is, that it actually soaked into the snow that was there and those in uh, the sleet. So it took the, the snow, then it took the little balls of ice, and it melded them into this one lumpy sheet of ice that is just blanketing a swath of uh, southern Ontario right through the heart of Erie and southern Niagara County into Genesee. So when you uh, go back and you look at the map, Andy, uh, at what time did the freezing rain start to hit? Because uh, you said early evening and on the drive home last night, I noticed that it was beginning to hit. So you had the magical crystal ball once again. Well, we had Mother Nature worked out well. The timing of this system, I think when we talked a day or two ago, I said the thing that we knew about this was the start time. And then the question mark was kind of where it was going to finish and how. And then it kind of wrapped up. It started out the way it was supposed to. And I will say we were off by about five miles on the position of the swath. But I've got to be realistic. Overall, that is a, uh, a fine hair, meteorologically speaking, this 100-mile-wide this system. And, and we had it narrowed down to within a five-mile range of where the the icing would be, and it came down just at the right time that we were looking for. So everybody was warned ahead of time. I think the timing couldn't have been better. Everybody got off the roads in time, and uh, this one was certainly one that folks will remember for a while. I mean, we still have uh, NYSEG still has 15, 000, almost 16,000 customers out of power, which may represent a lot more people than 16,000 because they do it by customer. Um, the, the hardest hit 
areas. Uh, you mentioned the airport got a half an inch. Um, I, I'm saying I got about a quarter of an inch. Where were the hardest hit areas uh, as things worked out? Uh, you could say Blaisdell and uh, portions of northern Hamburg, right through West Seneca, Depew, Lancaster, Elma, Marilla. Then you go north, right through the South Buffalo area, into the city of Buffalo. That was encased in ice. And then you go through Kenmore, uh, not quite the Tonawandas. They ended up sleet. But then as you went into Amherst and Williamsville uh, and points east, just straddling the thruway, that corridor was the ones that saw the liquid ice, that freezing rain. To the north, it was all ice pellets and snowflakes, up to four inches near the shoreline of Lake Ontario. Then you went through that transition zone where it went to the freezing liquid. And then south of there, it was all just in the form of rain much of the night. How far to the east did the ice actually hit, Andy? Uh, It kept going into central New York, but then it began to uh, turn into more of a a snow sleet. It didn't have as much of an icy residue left behind. It was kind of a really interesting scenario that happened right here on top of us in western New York. Uh, I was talking to David Bellavia before starting my show, and apparently the cameras around noontime showed a noticeable increase in accidents. So we're trying to figure out, is that because more people were on the roads, or uh, did the salt wear off, or did conditions deteriorate? Do you have any idea? Uh, I'll take door number three for 1,000. The conditions deteriorated. The temperatures out there are playing a role in what's happening today. While we don't have that huge sheet of rain and ice that's coming over us we have these small pockets these fast moving showers in the summertime it would be a rain shower that moves in and moves out in five minutes in this situation that same small rain shower is producing icy patches because it's producing small spots of freezing rain so it's kind of a moving target now you have these clouds that are coming by setting down a, a very fast Um, five, ten minutes worth of freezing rain and moving on. And then it affects the road surface, and people are coming up on it, and they might be driving through what is wet road. And then they get to an area where this cloud just went over and produced some freezing rain, and now they're sliding. So today is one of those days where treat the roads. Don't trust that they're wet and salted because we still have these small showers producing uh, the freezing rain. And that's happening because temperatures to the north are in the 20s, And then uh, Orchard Park hits about 32 degrees. You go to Springville, it's 38, and it's 55 Mm. in Olean. So we're trying to get some of that warm air to come up to help melt the ice. Because if it doesn't, Tom, after tonight, we're locked in. We're in the teens and single digits, 20s on uh, Friday and Saturday. So what you see is what's going to be there for the foreseeable future. Well, first things first, uh, for how long are these showers going to be uh, doing their hit and run around western New York causing black ice formations? That's a great way to talk about it, the hit and run black ice. That's going to continue through the afternoon, and then we're going to see a shot of that this evening. And then temperatures are going to fall, and we'll probably get an inch or two of snow on top of what we have across the area. So it's going to continue for the rest of the day into the evening, Later in the evening, as this uh, front comes through, this cold front, it's going to take our temperatures from cold to frigid, and then that's going to uh, lock us into the cold. So I would expect to see these icy showers continue until the uh, early evening, and then we'll start to see the snowflakes take over again. Well, this is not good news, Andy, because uh, we were hoping that the temperatures were going to be warm enough, long enough, to melt the ice that accumulated last night. But what you're saying, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. 
No, if you're north of the thruway, the chance of that happening is very low. It looks like we're going to be able to get some of the temperatures in the south towns up over 32. Hopefully we'll do that for the city. And then the ice on the branches will start to melt off. It's not going to be a, it's not like you're getting a blowtorch of 60s. Those really warm temperatures are down there. They're near the Pennsylvania line and they're slowly working their way to the north. We're hoping to get them at least into the city and some of those areas to the south. But north of the thruway, there's very little chance that you're going to crack the 32 degree mark this afternoon. Uh, that is not good news for those uh, who live in those areas. Andy, this is probably a really stupid question, but I'm kind of known for that, and I've got a reputation to uphold. When we say it's 32 degrees, but it feels like it's 34 degrees, but it feels like 28 degrees, what does Mother Nature care about as far as ice formation on our sidewalks? Does it care about the real feel, or is it all about the thermometer temperature? It's all about the thermometer temperature, and then what is it, what's it in contact with? If the ground has any warmth to it, then that factors in as well. So there's a lot of things that go into how you could freeze a puddle of water. And, and right now, it doesn't really, the wind is more of an evaporator than it is a, a cooler effect on, on the ice. So you don't see us, uh, those who got hit by the swath, or for those in Canada, I believe it's swathe of ice, you don't see that the uh, sidewalk ice is going to melt anytime within the next few days. No, if you don't get at it today, if your temperature is up around 30 degrees today, if you can't get at it and deal with it, it's only going to lock up harder tonight, and we're going to throw a little snow on top of it, because tomorrow we'll be lucky if we can get to the 20 degree mark on friday uh with some gusty winds in there as well so if you can work at it it, it trust me when i tell you today is going to be your chance do you see any uh balming effect coming up uh, from mother nature on uh, on sunday if you want to if you want to play the slow game on the ice you could wait until sunday and then that should take care of things that's when we'll be back up um, into the 30s possibly uh, the low 40s, if it all plays out well. But right now, that's kind of um, the way it's working. I would, you know, if you can throw some uh, rock salt on there or uh, some sand or dirt, whatever you can do to just kind of mitigate the, the iciness of it for a couple of days, Mother Nature will take care of it, but it's going to take a little while. Of course, you've got to be careful because a lot of our driveways are susceptible to damage from rock salt. Uh, so you got to, you know, read, read your manufacturer's instructions. I've seen a lot of damage done uh, over the years because of a lot of rock salt being applied where maybe it uh, ought not to have been applied. But you've got to do the risk-benefit analysis of salt and traction versus any possible damage that might ensue. Yeah, and normally I'd say, hey, this is the time just walk on the grass because the, the you know your sidewalk is icy, but the grass generally is not. In this situation, the grass is as icy as the sidewalks because you've now have this glaze that froze on top of the snow, and it, and some people are out playing hockey on their lawns today. It's pretty crazy with skates. Yeah, with skates. Oh my goodness, that I, I, that's that's unbelievable. Um, never thought I'd see the day when we'd be talking about that. Usually, you needed an ice rink to do that. And uh, Andy, if people uh, want to get the very latest weather forecast from you, Andy Parker, the meteorologist on Speed Dial. Uh, we always let you, of course, we welcome you giving out uh, your information. Uh, how people can uh, reach you? 
Yeah, this is it. We've had a lot of crazy things happen this winter, and we're probably not done as we transition into spring. If you want to stay ahead of things, if you want to get your weather questions answered, just send me a text like you would a buddy. It's 503-ANDY, 503-ANDY. If you don't know what Andy translates to, it's 503-2639, 503-2639. Super easy. Type the word weather. That's all you have to do. You'll get a quick forecast back from me, and then if you want to ask questions, you're free to do it. All right. Anything else uh, we need to know that you see coming up on the horizon? I mean, we've had a blizzard over the past few months, a blizzard, an earthquake, an ice storm. When do you anticipate swarms of locusts uh, moving into the area? Boy, I'm hoping not anytime soon. Hopefully some of this cold and ice can uh, can keep that away. But we've I, I counted up, I think, six significant things. You had the, the, the record snow that we set. The largest snowfall in New York State happened in November. The blizzard in December, 71-mile-an-hour wind gust. Then we had the coldest temperature that we've had in four years that rolled in. We had some warm air come in, which isn't that dramatic. Throw an earthquake in, now an ice storm. So I guess if there's a wheel, you spin the wheel. I don't know what it's going to land on next, but it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, that's all right. Six months from now, people are going to be calling in, bitching about the heat. That they will. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy Parker, thanks a million. I always appreciate your time uh, very much. Thank you. Anytime, uh, Tom. Meteorologist Andy Parker, who, uh, you know, called things uh, as uh, as per predicted. They pretty much panned out that way, with the exception of the uh, band of ice going a little further south than anticipated. Um, NYSEG has about 16,000 customers out of power. Now, that translates into more people because you could be a customer but have five people living in your house. So who knows how many people that affects. And uh, last I checked, National Grid uh, was well under 1,000 as I see it. And uh, do be careful on the roads uh, because we, uh, for some reason, uh, and again, this is uh, what uh, David Bellavie was telling me as he was looking at the cameras. For some reason, there was a marked increase in the number of accidents in the uh, in the noon hour. And it is because, Andy says, of worsening conditions. And it also wouldn't surprise me, the noon hour, people who might have stayed home in the morning decided, well, I guess it's noon, I'm safe to go out now. Maybe they weren't as ready for the ice as they might have anticipated. But let me just say that... Uh, if uh, you heard that stuff hitting your windows and your roof last night, when you make your first steps out, uh, when you venture outside uh, into this day, please be careful because it is extremely, extremely slippery. Not only do you get the top layer of icy crunch, but underneath that snow, uh, you're going to get there. There's a layer of ice there, and if you're not ready for it, uh, you are going to end up on your butt. So, if somebody gave you those grips for your shoes or your boots for Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever, um, these this would be a good day to use them. And, and even with those, you're not guaranteed that you're not going to fall down. And I, I would be really interested in knowing if the local hospitals had a, uh, a marked increase in the number of people coming in for broken arms, broken legs, uh, various uh, injuries related to slip and fall situations. Because, uh, tell it, it is uh, the, the driving, well, the walking, I should say. The walking is not a lot of fun. At least when I was driving in, the roads were in, were in good shape the way I drove into work. They were fine. But that's not to say that they're going to be fine where you are. 
and you got to look out for uh, black ice. And as Andy Parker said, you can be cruising around and you think everything is just hunky dory, fine and dandy, and you've got good traction, you got a good grip on the road, and then what looks like moisture up ahead isn't really moisture. Uh, it's it's ice. And it's very easy to lose control when you come across black ice. And it's, uh, I tell you, it's a really freaky feeling. When one minute you're in full and total control of your car, the next minute you're spinning around like a top. Happened to me a couple of times, and it was not uh, not a lot of fun. Once I went off the 400, fortunately the car for whatever reason, went back end first into some very soft ground. So there was no collision damage whatsoever. And the other occasion was on the 33, going over one of the bridges early on a Sunday morning, very early on a Sunday morning. And uh, the uh, black ice just kind of sneaked up on me. And uh, fortunately, I was the only car on the road, but I did a, a complete 360 before continuing somewhat rattled, eh, just a little bit, um, on my way. Uh, also, well, actually, it also happened in West Virginia, but that was West Virginia ice, and I don't think that was black ice. That was more like just consistently frozen roads in West Virginia. In fact, um, that was that was a day uh, where the driving conditions were so bad. Dude is going by me. He does a 360. In doing the 360, I felt a bump on my car. Neither of us had any desire to pull over to the side of the road to check the damages. Neither, Yeah, it was like one of those things. Yep, It's like we both said to ourselves, we are not getting out of our cars on this road on a mountain to deal with what is probably not all that much damage. And by the time I finally did pull over well off of that road, uh, there was nothing wrong with the car whatsoever. Hopefully his uh, turned out okay. But it was just, it, it was the strangest feeling because usually when you get into an accident, you want to make sure you get the other driver's information. But that was a case, it was nighttime, where two people basically said, screw it, oh, it's too dangerous up here. We're staying in our cars. And it's one of those things I'll uh, always remember from the Christmas of 89 drive from Jacksonville, Florida to uh, Buffalo, New York. Not a lot of fun. 228 News Radio 930 WBEN. So, uh, how much did you get last night? I'm just kind of curious. Ice, that is. On News Radio 930 WBEN, 803 0930, Star 930, and 1 800 616 WBEN. All right, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Josh Schmidt is at Master Control, as always, wearing yet another of his uh, uh, fleet of Buffalo Sabres jerseys. Uh, Josh actually has more Sabres jerseys than the United States has U-2 aircraft still flying. I'm uh, I'm convinced of that. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. We did get the ice storm last evening and into this morning. Uh, we still have people out of power. It's interesting. You look at the National Grid outage map, and you can basically track where the storm hit all the way to the east. I don't know if those uh, outages that are north of Syracuse are related to our ice storm, but around here, it paints a very graphic picture of uh, where the bulk of the ice seems to have come down from uh, from the skies. I don't see an online map of the NYSEG outages, but it's about 16,000 customers. I-, I wonder how many of you who are currently out of power or who have been out of power at any point since we last convened and spoke, I wonder how many of you were able to power your home through, I I hate to say these words on air, but evil natural gas generators. 
Those of you out of power from the electrical grid, I would be rather curious in knowing how many of you are heating or are, are, are powering your home with evil natural gas generators, therefore adding to the carbon emissions of New York State, which reach a total four-tenths of one percent of world carbon emissions. You're adding to that by using your natural gas generator. And you know that I'm being very sarcastic right now. And you got to love Sean Ryan. Geothermal heat. Oh, geothermal heat. That's the way to go. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you right now have $18,000 to $30,000 sitting around waiting to be spent? Because that is the average cost right now of installing a geothermal system into your home. You are hearing me correctly. $18,000 to $30,000. And if it's a higher-end home, you're looking at $50,000 and more. I love the way these politicians toss around numbers. See, they're so used to dealing with millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. I think they honestly have forgotten what it's like living in the real world because most people I know don't have an extra eighteen to $30,000 sitting around their homes just waiting to put in a geothermal heating system. Are you blanking kidding me? Now, I don't know what the cost is to operate a geothermal system versus a natural gas system, but for my money, I'm perfectly content and happy with natural gas. I, I don't know about you, but I am. But that, that is just the average cost. I've looked all over the Internet, and these are the figures that keep popping up, 18000 to $30,000. So I'm just curious, by the way, in addition to uh, – to asking how many of you are getting by today with power from your evil natural gas generator. Um, I wonder if anybody out there has put in a geothermal system that is being touted by Sean Ryan and others and what its advantages and disadvantages are. We took a call from somebody a few weeks ago who has changed his uh, heating system in the country to an electric system. And as I recall the figures, he said in the wintertime, it costs anywhere from eight or $900 to about $1,500 a month to heat the home. That is a lot of money, is it not? All right, so how badly did you get hit with the ice? Are you out of power? If you're out of power, are you getting by with one of those evil, awful, environment-destroying natural gas generators, you evil polluter of Mother Earth? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And do you have $18,000 to $30,000 to uh, put into uh, your geothermal system? Uh, let's go to Kathy in uh, South Buffalo. Kathy, you're on WBEN. Hi, great show. Um, I have a question. Are they going to do the Capitol building in Albany first? Uh, yeah, that that has come up. Electric. That has come up a number of times. Will government buildings uh, be affected? Right. Will government vehicles be affected? Are we going to have solar powered snowplows? And the people that are working in Albany are they all going to be required to have their homes go electric before they come after us? 
uh, that is something that remains to be seen. I mean, you know, obviously this natural gas thing was kind of dumped on us like a fresh turd uh, by Kathy Hochul. Um, we talked about it before. It was introduced in her budget uh, proposal uh, just a few weeks ago. We've had state minority Senate leader Rob Ort on to talk about it. And there are a lot of details that remain to be worked out. But, uh, Kathy, you, first of all, did you lose power at all in South Buffalo overnight? Yep. Nope, not a, not nothing. The clocks were all right. Everything was good to go. Have you Never stepped outside? Have you stepped outside at all yet today? I got my mail, and that's as far as I was going. Yeah, be very, <laughs> very. Yeah, well, be, honey, be very, very, very oh. careful because oh, it is treacherous. Yeah, it's treacherous walking. The driving is. is fine. The hardest part is going to be walking to your car and then walking to wherever it is you're going once you reach your destination. Uh, you don't need to be falling down, breaking an arm and a no. leg or fracturing your skull. Nobody does. And how about trying to get into your car? <laughs> well, you got to have some arm strength for that. Well, I'm out of bed. I'm not going out until I see the sun. <laughs> uh, well, you might have to wait until Sunday before the temperatures rise to the point where you're going to get some help from Mother Nature. But even then, wait. early on, think about it, early on, Mother Nature is going to melt the stuff on top, but that layer of ice on the bottom is going to be a little more stubborn to come off. Oh, yeah. Rock salt, that's the answer. You know what? It may be for you. I can't really use rock salt on my driveway. It uh, does Why? bad things to my driveway. What? Like what? What kind of driveway do you have? Well, it can. It, I've got a paver driveway, and it's not recommended. Really? Yeah, one of those Unilock things. Oh, good Lord. They can put man on the moon. They can't figure out how to get ice off a sidewalk. Oh, there's stuff you can use, but I didn't buy it before the season started because I didn't oh. think it was going to be that bad of a winter. Yeah, hell with me. But anyway, yeah. no, I, I can sure. use it on the steps, but uh, I've got, I've got oh. fairly good balance. But uh, in any event, uh, I want you to be very, very careful. And, and you don't you have... Also. All right, thank, Kathy, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Okay, love. Bye. Um, I have been on social media for zero minutes today. Yes, zero minutes today. But uh, I was told that one of my friends posted, power went out at 2 a.m. Evil na uh, CPAP machine went off. So power went off 2 a.m. CPAP machine shut off. I woke up. Evil natural gas generator kicked on at 2.01 a.m., Power back on, CPAP back on, I was asleep. So the evil natural gas generator kicked on at uh, one of my friend's homes, uh, thus uh, sparing her a night of, uh, well, sleepless or snoring and snorting sleep. As you know, if you have a CPAP machine, um, and I do, I've, been a, I've had CPAP since I was as far back as I can remember. Fat, skinny, in shape, out of shape, doesn't matter. It's got to be something with the way my throat is shaped um, genetically or uh, congenitally, but uh, it, it's always been an issue. Of course, nobody really talked about sleep apnea until the 80s or 1990s, and now pretty much everybody you know has a CPAP machine. And you know what sucks about having a CPAP machine? Well, I'm going to tell you, you do sleep so much better with a CPAP machine, you, you really, really do. But what sucks is you get used to a certain mask on your CPAP machine, and then they discontinue the mask. Isn't Yeah, doesn't that suck? That is the worst thing ever. Then you got to try to find something that is similar to the one with which you've had tremendous success, and uh, it is uh, 
it is uh, just not a lot of fun to be doing that. But the uh, <clears throat> when you go, um, if uh, if your partner, I don't mean to get off the uh, ice topic here in the uh, – did your generator go on? Do I have nobody listening to this show who is now powering their home with an evil natural gas generator? Is there nobody who is hearing this show because you have electricity because you have an evil natural gas generator? Am I am I preaching to people who aren't there? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. I'd also be interested in knowing... Um, a little bit off the trail of the ice storm that we had, but if you do the geothermal thing, what your cost is for geothermal. Because given a choice between a new natural gas heating system, which is readily affordable, especially from my friends at John Locke Heating and Cooling, given a choice between that and spending 18 to 30 grand for geothermal, guess what one I am going to go with? Okay, sorry, you get to a certain age and you don't care if something lasts for 40 years because you aren't going to be here in all probability to enjoy it. You're just looking for something to get you by 15, maybe 20 years. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. But getting back to it, if uh, your sleeping partner says, honey... You stop breathing in the middle of the night, and you seem to struggle to get your breath back. Well, if you're lucky, your doctor will send you to a sleep specialist, who then will send you to a sleep study. Now, sometimes now they do the sleep studies at home. wasn't like that for me back in the dark ages. I had to go to a uh, facility for my sleeping test. It was uh, rather unfortunate because that particular night my bladder was, shall we say, a little bit overactive, and I was kind of a pain-in-the-butt patient. But anyway, if you went through a sleep study, you sleep most of the night without a CPAP machine. Okay, so they can see how poorly you sleep, how many arousals per hour. And I'm not talking about those arousals. I'm talking about the breathing situation. But something very magical happens. And if you've ever done a sleep study, you know that Tom speaks the truth. They put that CPAP machine on you. You might have it on for two, maybe three hours. But when you wake up from that two or three hours, your first time with a CPAP machine on, you enter into a land of how did I ever live without this? Because you will drive home bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after that CPAP machine for the first time. Uh, by the way, you got to do me a favor. Um, I don't want Josh Schmidt to have a thrombo in the next room. So please do not call in to the call-in numbers unless you want to go on the air. Because when you call in and when you say, I don't want to go on the air, but tell Tom, that does not help me. And all it does is it drives Josh absolutely nuts. It drives every call screener on every radio show, every station, every state, USA, absolutely bat poop crazy. So if what you're going to say is, I don't want to go on the air, but, because I've been looking at full lines, but nobody wanted to go on the air. And it's, it's kind of aggravating when you're sitting here. It's even more aggravating when you got to answer the phones like Josh does. And Josh is a fine, eager young man. Don't 
Don't dissuade him as to the joys of the world by ruining his day today by telling him, I don't want to go on the air, but tell Tom. No, no, no. You have something to tell me. Tell me on the phone. On the phone. Don't even use the text board because I don't read it. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. I'm old school. I think a talk show ought to involve people calling in and being heard as opposed to reading what people have to say in all but the most rare occasions. Uh, Let's get back to the calls on WBEN. Here's somebody who did not call to say, I don't want to go on the air, but tell Tom. Uh, Here's uh, Lonnie in Clarence on uh, WBEN. Lonnie, you are on. Hello. How you doing? I'll tell you what, I'm I'm so glad I got a natural gas backup generator because my power goes out every storm. The last storm prior to this one, I was out for three days. The storm before that, I was out a couple of days. And we constantly lose power in my neighborhood. I got a whole house generator that's got about 3,000 hours on it from running. Are you you nice egg? Yeah. Okay, you're nice egg. All right. Yeah, so these uh, it's just it's just a pain. It's constant, constant, constant. It does it all the time. And if any of my neighbors are listening, they'll call you and tell you the same thing because they all have whole house generators now. Well, Lonnie, about I mean, Clarence a big uh, is a big place. About where do you live in Clarence? Sheridan and Maine. Oh, Sheridan and Maine. You would think the power wouldn't be going out there. Not yeah, in that you area. You wouldn't think so, but it's it's constant. Well, Lonnie, constant. did the did did you lose power during the blizzard? Yep. Three days. But you had the whole house evil natural gas environment killing generator. Well, I, I have, unfortunately, it, uh, as soon as the storm started going and the wind uh, started kicking, my whole house generator kicked on and ran for two hours. It blew a capacitor. Oh. So I had to go to my trailer and get my portable generator out so I could uh, keep heat in my house. I had to turn around and cycle my generator for the three days. I didn't have enough gasoline to run it for full time. So I ran it for two hours, shut it off for five hours, ran it for two hours until the power came back on so I could keep the heat on in the house. Well, obviously, I'm glad you have the ingenuity and the know-how to do that. Um, One of the things, Lonnie, that we heard a lot of during the uh, blizzard was people like you with their whole house natural gas generators um, getting snow sucked into them. And a lot of people finding out that you have to disassemble part of it and then take the filter out, dry it off, then put it back in and then try to block the intake so that the snow wasn't going to get inside. Yeah, some of the, some people had that issue. Not all the generators did. No, we had a lot of people calling in with that. Trust me, we had tons of people calling in. Oh, sure you did. I'm just know about the, about ten to twelve people in my neighborhood. We kind of stick together. If we all lose power, uh, we help each other out. I get this have a portable generator that helps my uh, elderly neighbor across the street because she doesn't have any power. Well, that's cool, um, Lonnie. Just um, have you guys contacted NYSEG at all as a group and said, look, we are losing power every storm. There's got to be something you can do. We've tried. We tried them. As in fact, we're talking about doing a petition uh, and sending a petition over, but it falls on deaf ears. Well, what do they tell you the cause is? Is it the same thing every time or is it a different cause? Uh, well, it's either a tree falls down or now it's the ice or who knows what. Well, I mean, obviously they can't do anything about trees falling down except be proactive with making sure the trees are trimmed. Um, but if it's happening in one neighborhood all the time, I've got to wonder if the problem goes deeper. You know, Lonnie, if it makes you feel any better, where I live, 
Um, it was a neighborhood that was losing power more than I've ever lost it before in my life. But after the 2006 October surprise storm, whatever happened then, um, National Grid got us act together because we don't lose power that easily. Well, I wish I could say the same, but unfortunately I cannot. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Lonnie, and um, thank you for calling in with your uh, natural gas generator is saving your day story. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say, sir? Well, I got one that's got, I'm going to switch over to that's multiple fuel so I can use propane when they get rid of natural gas. I'll put a 500-gallon tank out there so I can use that in an emergency. Well, don't worry, sir, because propane is also a fossil fuel. So if the goal is to eliminate fossil fuels, um, you're not going to be further ahead. I don't know what the people in the country are going to have to do. They'll probably have to freeze to death, all in the name of New York City's environmentalism. Well, uh, I, I, I guess insanity has a word. Yeah, it's called New York City and Albany. Um, thank you, you very go. much, Lonnie. I appreciate I appreciate the call. And I've, I've said this uh, a million times. This is not a right-wing versus left-wing, liberal versus conservative issue. What this really is is a New York City against the rest of New York State issue. They don't know what it is like in our part of New York State. And as I stated numerous times during the last blizzard, it doesn't matter who you voted for. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter for whom you voted. It doesn't matter if you've got a Trump flag or a Biden flag. We all freeze to death, and none of us want that to happen to anybody. So it is so important to me that we keep natural gas as an option into the future. And by the way, I must also once again say that I think national fuel gas is absolutely stupid. And I wish I could use another word, but I'd get in trouble if I used it. They're being ridiculously stupid by refusing to come on my show to talk about the attack on their business. And instead, I presume they're paying money to give you robocalls urging you to contact your local politicians. National Fuel, let me just give you a little hint. It's a lot easier to reach thousands, tens of thousands of people, and maybe even more than that on the uh, downloads, it's a lot easier to reach people on a radio show than it is robocalls. Robocalls, you're doing a few at a time. This show, you hit thousands of people at a time. Why National Fuel, you are refusing to come on my show, is absolutely inane. It makes zero sense. There's no logic to it. You've been invited. You've said no. And really, your public relations sucks. It absolutely sucks. You have no clue how to do public relations and how to manage media. Thank you for listening. It's 258 at News Radio 930 WBEN.